Dane Young and Brent Rollins from UGA Sports here with our friend Jeff Foxworthy back on the show. Brent, I don't know if you want to give an intro. I don't even know if uh, we're I mean, capable. Of needs no intro. Show. I will say this. Uh, that's y'all. I think, you know, since Jeff originally come on with us, I think that, so that was like December, 2024 or Georgia's uh, 30 and one. I think since then. I mean, I think yeah. that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, well, 30 and one since my first, uh, appearance two national championships i think that's pretty good i think we need to say that this is now tradition is that crazy (laughs) yeah if that's correlation then you're gonna have fans being like you gotta go on every week jeff i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) because we are that superstitious like i literally texted my buddies before the national championship game this is how weird i am as a fan at the beginning of the year, I buy a shirt, and that's game day shirt, and it doesn't get worn any other time. And so last year, I had a shirt that went in 12-0 and to the SEC championship game and then lost, and I, I had to retire it. I mean, it had a blemish on it, and so I had to pull – I had to get a new shirt for the Michigan and the, and the Natty. And that one won a natty. And then I thought, well, I just got to retire this one forever. It's only got two games on it, but it's 2-0 and and it's got a natty. And so then this year, my shirt goes 14-0. and And I'm texting my buddies going, do I pull the natty shirt back out to wear to the natty because it's undefeated in the natties? Or do I ride with the 14-0 and shirt? We had an actual discussion about this like – that was going to have any influence on the like Kirby's on the sideline going, what did Jeff change his shirt? What the hell's going on here? Well, superstition, whatever it may be, 65 to seven makes me think that it didn't, you could have gone shirtless and it would have been fine. Yeah, that's sure. That's in, that one's in the hall of fame now. Perfect. Frame it, framing it. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With a little confetti around it. There you go. Well, when we look back at that, like I, I, we know you went to the Natty, but before we get to the Natty, I, I think the biggest thing to sort of talk about is at what point this season did you think that back to back was a possibility? Halftime of the Oregon game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm serious, you know, because here's the deal: as soon as the Natty was over last year, the only talk was Alabama is so loaded. Ohio state is so loaded that next year, nobody else better show up. It's just going to be between Alabama and Ohio state. And, you know, then, and, and so you, you know, you're thinking, God almighty, we lost 15 guys to the, to the draft and we lost another 10, 11 guys to the portal. You know, I mean, natties are special. You couldn't expect that again. And when we played Oregon, I remember when the game was over, I think it was to you, Brent. The only thing I texted was, wow. I mean, it's like, I was speechless. I'm like, how is this possible? They might be better than last year. How is this possible? And then, like, I think the second game of the year, you saw Alabama really struggle with Texas. And then you start thinking, could we do this again? I mean, is this... You know, a, a positive, you know, you learn, especially being a lifelong Georgia fan, you guard your heart a little bit. Uh, and um, 
I used to used to equate it with the Braves. I said it's it's like dating a, a, a hooker. It's like and you're in love with her, and every year you're like, okay, if I commit to you again, you're you're not going to cheat on me, right? You're not, you're not. And she goes, no, I'm not. And then you go all in. And then she breaks your heart and everybody's like, well, dude, you should have seen it coming. She's done it 14 times in a row. Uh, so, I, you know, after the Oregon game, I thought, holy cow, we could be amazingly good. And then we hit Missouri and, and I never could figure Missouri out. I'm like, what happened? I mean, it's, you know, it's a night game on the road. And I thought it was a pretty hostile environment and the weather wasn't great, but you know, we just we just struggled in that game. Survived. So, survived. Yeah. And so for a while I was like last the 21 team had such an identity. You know, kind of you were like, hell, if we score 21, we're gonna win. I don't care who we're playing, because nobody's gonna score on them. They had a, a, a very concrete identity. And I think for a lot of this season, I kept watching this team going, you know, what's our identity? Are we uh are we an offensive team? Are we a defensive team? Are we a combination? And I think it, it ended up being a combination of both. They, they were complementary. The de defense rose up when it needed to, and then the offense would do it when it needed to. But it wasn't as clear-cut an identity, I don't think, as the 21 team. I would, I would tend to 100% agree with that. And all right, so we fast forward, get to the SEC championship game, take care of business against LSU. Didn't, you know, didn't really think that that was going to be much of a game, but – Ohio State, and we saw that you ha had the opportunity to go watch a little practice previous to Ohio State game. So what did you think sort of being there, watching that, and then the game itself? Um, the, the practice, it, it was so funny because uh, I got blasted by a couple of media guys going, we had to leave after 15 minutes and Foxworthy got to stay. What's up with that? And and I, and I didn't, but I wanted to reply – because Kirby knows I can keep a secret that I'm not going to talk about what I saw or didn't see. And you are. So, uh, uh, you know, I, that game worried me and I, I, I kept watching film. I, I was watching film. Don't lie, you know, and kind of the, and I think you guys even said it, you know, Stroud, he did not want to run. You could see it. On the film, I mean, it and 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 I, man, I don't think I've watched as much film on any team as I did Ohio State that week. And, and I and I came away going, this guy can drop it in a bucket as well as anybody in college football. Holy moly, is he accurate? Uh, and I just, I just got nervous, you know. And and as fans, we tend to deal in absolutes. Like Michigan beating Ohio State at Ohio State, I think we all just went, well, Ohio State's crap. And, you know, they're 19, 20-year-old kids. You're, you're going to have a bad day sometimes. And when you went back and watched that game, it wasn't necessarily a whole game. It was like four or five busted coverages and bad plays. And you're like, the score is not indicative of – what Ohio State is. So I was I was a nervous wreck that week. I'm like, this is a good football team. And 
you know, I, I that whole day, it's like just pacing around. And I watched it in my recliner rolled up in a ball. And I had even seen on the vent where somebody had posted, hey, if you ever stop believing, then you're a... <laughs> so, uh, but I, I will say this, and I texted my friends at halftime. I said, we're down four. I said, we were down three in the natty last year. Four, we get the ball. This is okay. And then we came out the second half, and we did a three and out. They score. We do another three and out. And as a fan, you start thinking, well, maybe maybe this is not our day. You know, for whatever reason, we're not as sharp or they're well-prepared or whatever. Because I always thought, and, and I did think this, with 30 days to prepare, I was glad it was Ohio State and not TCU. Um, you know, a lot of people were complaining that we drew Ohio State, but I'm like, I, I really trust Kirby with 30 days to prepare. He's usually ready. But, you know, with that second three and out in the second half and you start kind of building that wall around your heart going, well, you know. Crap. Did you change, like, seats? Did you, you know, move something, change karma in some way? I changed. I, I changed. I took my sweatshirt off. I had my sweatshirt over my thirteen and zero shirt at that point, and I thought maybe the sweatshirt's blocking the rays from yep. the shirt. And so I did take my sweatshirt off after the second three and out. Yeah, that and, makes a lot of sense to me. Like you have to let it breathe and and kind of get into the atmosphere. Yeah. And my brother actually picked his dog up and changed chairs. Uh, you know, so he gets partial credit. He gets an assist in that win but you know and, and well, if you want to if if you want to know why media were mad at you for that practice session it's because they got to see will muschamp doing yoga in their 15 minutes and then you got to see the <laughs> I, other I thing tell you it was one of my favorite kirby moments of all time because they're out there going through practice you know just as normal and then somebody says media's coming in and kirby blows the whistle and gets on the horn and immediately people start doing like calisthenics and not only start doing calisthenics, it's the quarterbacks with the D line with the, I mean, just everybody was mixed together. So you couldn't tell who was there and who wasn't. And it's, and they had somebody on a stopwatch. And as soon as 15 minutes were up, the blew the whistle and Kirby's like, okay, out of here. And you know, <laughs> dog dead coming. Thank, thanks Kirby for showing us, you know, what you might do. And, you know, people are, are going out grumbling. And I think at one point, Kirby threatened to call APD if they didn't hurry it up. And, uh, and then as soon as media left, they went right back to practice again. And I thought, no rules against that. God bless you, Kirby. That's cool. And because you didn't want them to know, was Ladd okay? Was McClendon okay? Uh, you didn't want them to know that. So, yeah, I don't blame him. Well, fourth quarter of that Peach Bowl, Stetson Bennett and that offense and the skill players you mentioned, uh, I, I think a piece of what we've seen the last two years and the legacy that's happened is these fourth quarters of college football playoff games. That was – I think that was one of the best days. That was without a doubt the best day of college football of, of this past year. But probably in the playoff period, I think that was the best day of football. You just had – two great games and you know you think golly if if ohio state and georgia had been the natty what a what a game that would have been well it wasn't 
And we get to it the natty. Was, it wasn't natty. And I still, like, once a day wonder what has happened to that kicker. Uh, you know, is has he transferred his – I feel my heart goes out to that kid. So you actually went to the natty. So get, you, 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 you win the Peach Bowl and then go to the natty. So talk about that experience. What, what did, Was that the first time in SoFi? First did time you tailgate? First time in – yeah, tailgate. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. Back – like I moved to L.A. in 90, and I lived there for about seven and a half years um, at that point in my career. And I think in the seven and a half years I lived in L.A., it rained three times. Um, it, and, like, you don't understand. When it rains in L.A., not monsoon, just rains, it was the lead story on the news. It would be like Stormwatch 94, you know, and then and and I'm from I'm going, it's it's raining, you know, and let's go to Connie Herrera in the valley. George, it's not raining here, but it is very, very humid. You could see my hair starting to frizz a little bit, you know, and, and you're like, it's it's crap and raining. So so I couldn't get a flight out there till Monday morning, and I land and it's not only raining, it's cold. I mean, relatively speaking, it wasn't 22 like it was in Lucas Oil, but it's cold. And ran to the hotel and dropped my bag off. And like, what time will they let us in? And the parking, like a lot of stadiums, is horrible. So, you know, we had a long walk. We got soaking wet going in. And then you get in and you realize it's not closed. It's open on the side. So that Cold wind is blowing in. I had to go buy a sweatshirt I didn't want because I was freezing to death. And then you, during the game, now Mercedes-Benz costs $1.5 billion. This thing costs $5.5 billion. The roof leaks so bad. I mean, not drip, drip, like pouring in on top of you. So you're freezing cold and you're getting wet. You know, it's so... The weather was uh, was pretty miserable, but the stadiums, it's beautiful. Oh, and then the team, Georgia. Like, <laughs> they came out, and, like, that was over at the beginning. You know, Dane, here's the, here's the funny thing. So when they, when they come out to – for people that haven't ever been there early, you know, they come out and kind of mill around and warm up way before, you know, and they're kind of not dressed yet and all – and when they were out there, they're showing their faces on the screen. And I kept what, just watching the Georgia guy and nobody's smiling. Nobody's smiling. It's like executioner eyes. And I, I told my buddy that I was sitting there sitting there. I said, buddy, this is a business trip. Look at these faces. They're not joking around. They're not smiling. And then when they came out of the tunnel and they're showing Kirby and Kirby's not smiling. And I'm like, I think we're in the we're in the right mindset tonight. And I mean, they were it was all business. And, you know, it was it was such a different game than last year, because last year, you know, up at least through halftime, we're like, crap, you know, they they can't do much, but we can't move the ball. Um, and so you had a lot of angst last year. And after about you know, we kick off to them, they go three and out, and we march right down the field and score. 
and then they go three and out. And we march down the field and score again. And you start going, this is, this is a different, what it reminded me of my, my son-in-law is a giant Notre Dame fan. And the year um, that Alabama played Notre Dame in the, in the natty, he and I are watching it together. And, and all I'm doing is, uh, on the first drive is just watching the line of scrimmage. And I'm looking it, Alabama's just pushing them back four yards <laughs> at the snap. And about the third first down, I said, buddy, I'm sorry, but this is – you're going to have a bad, bad night tonight, you know. And and it was kind of the same thing with Georgia. You realized after the first two drives, it's – these were not apples and apples. You were comparing apples to oranges. So what's that feel like now? As, as the fan of the two-time defending – national champion georgia bulldogs it feels it's it's crazy you know it's remember when bubba watson won augusta and they said uh in your wildest dreams did you ever think you'd be sitting here and he said my dreams didn't go this far i don't know as a georgia fan i ever dreamed about back-to-back natties you know when you go 41 years without winning one um we're in rarefied air and we are already getting spoiled as a fan base, you know, as you know, you go beat Auburn 42 to 17 and then you're reading people go, yeah, well, we started kind of slow in the first quarter, you know, and like, no, you beat Auburn 42 to 17. You know, you're, this is good. This is, there, there were a lot of years you'd be dancing in the streets over this. So as Kirby talks about the challenges not letting the players become complacent. I think that's also a challenge to the fan base is you better appreciate this. You better enjoy this because you don't stay on top of the mountain forever, you know, and we, we got to keep showing up, you know, we got to keep being loud. I mean, that's a thing that I, I think as a fan of Georgia, that one of the things I take the biggest pride in, we travel probably better than anybody as a fan base. And like the Tennessee game, when Kirby said on, you know, on Monday, we need y'all to be loud. And I went to that game and I got to tell you, that's the loudest I have ever heard Sanford stadium. It was like you left and your ears were ringing. It was crazy. And it, you know, even through the rain in the second half, it was loud. But I think as a fan base, you know, we've got to – we can't become complacent either if uh, if we want this to continue. Your friends, the people that you text with very often, maybe they already find you insufferable, I don't know. But, like, is it ramped up to even a different level right now? You know, I'm not – I'm not a – a peg the meter kind of guy. I don't, when things go good, I don't hit the ceiling. And when things go bad, I try to hit the floor. Um, I just want it to continue. Um, and you would think, okay, you got it. Dane, it reminds me, Ron White did a joke. <laughs> I think during one of the blue collar movies, but he was, he, he was talking about, uh, seeing a woman's breast for the first time and he goes you know and the deal is once you see one of them you kind of want to see the rest of them and so <laughs> you know 
I mean, I remember last year going, please, God, all we want is one Natty. I was telling my Alabama friends, look, you've got a thousand of them. We just want one. We just want one. Well, then you get one and you go, yeah, okay, I, I want another one. I want another one. And so then we get another one. And, you know, I'm laying in bed last night at 1230 in the morning reading the, the dog vault you know, about recruiting. It's like, all right, what do we, what do we got? Going? So, you know, my intensity is still there. Have you already texted Rick and said, hey, keep putting in these good words for Deuce Robinson? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want Deuce bad. <laughs> I really, I really want Deuce. Uh, so, you know, but then we had a good week um, where we got DeBose and Terry, you know, because if, if you'll remember back when it, it, Kirby's initial press conference, when he took over the job, he said, we got to get bigger and better on the line of scrimmage. And, and that was what Alabama was when Kirby came over. They just dominated both lines of scrimmages. And he did that, you know, so it's almost like you, you can never have too many of these guys. And so, you know, to see him go out and get two studs like that this early in the in the cycle, <laughs> you know, uh, it's pretty stinking cool. So we're not just thinking next year. We're thinking, you know, the next year. I mean, and that's the challenge is especially in this in this age of the portal and um, in NIL and all that is you got to reload, you know, you you you're constantly reloading. Do you think Kirby has the sort of like when you see how in, maniacal in a way that he is with all of this, is there a tipping point for him in terms of the timing of this? Or do you see like, all right, this is what he does and he's just going to keep doing it. I think it's, it's what he does and he's going to keep doing it. Um, it, I, I've never seen anybody with the energy that Kirby has. Um, he never asked anything, anybody to do something he would not do himself, you know, but he is, man, he's driven. He's, he's in, um, he's in on everything. He's in every meeting, you know, he just doesn't say, Hey, you know, Todd, you got the tight ends down here. Kirby's in the room, you know, Kirby's, talking with the tight ends. He's talking with the D line. He's, he, he's got his hands in everything. I worry about the burnout of it um, because I'm not wired that way. Um, you know, for me, and, and I'm just talking about me personally, I, I really wanted to be a, a good comedian. I mean, better than good. Like if I was on stage with three other guys, I wanted to be internally, I wanted to be the best, but not at the sacrifice of everything else. It's like, as bad as I want to be a good comedian, I want to be a good dad even more. And so when I had choices, I think with greatness, there's a, there's a price that you pay with greatness is it in the prices. Your life is not in balance. It can't be. You look at Tiger Woods, you know, as, as good as he was, there was a price to pay for being as good as he was. So, you know, I don't know if, if we see people that coach one place for 15 or 20 years anymore, maybe, you know, the demands are so high that, 
you know, Mike, like Matt Luke, at some point you just go, can't do it. It's, you know, it's killing me. Let me gauge your confidence level. Have you already scouted out some hotels for Houston for 2024? Yes, I have. (laughs) (laughs) Seeing which ones are close to the stadium, get your name on a block of them. Okay. I think somebody on the vent, I want to say, put a picture and it said like that right by the stadium is Kirby Drive or Kirby Road or something like that. Yeah, why Did not? I see that? Stay there. Maybe it's God anointed. Uh, but yeah, I have because you, you know the the challenge this year. We especially on defense, we were so young, you know, and you usually don't see young. You know, part of the reason we were so good in twenty one is there was such upperclassmen leadership and guys that just that knew the system and the 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 defensive system we run is complicated Uh, it's you know it takes a while to learn and and we were so young that it, it wasn't a question of talent but it was a question of experience and leadership well now you look at the defense and you think okay these guys have now gone undefeated for an entire year which is crazy Saban's never gone 15 to no um and yeah you haven't Nick I'm sorry but <laughs> you've you done a lot of stuff you haven't done that um but now they're a year older and a year wiser and these talented kids just keep stacking up behind them so you got to think defensively next year in my mind we're going to be better just from having that year of experience I know it's kind of tough to to transition, and this is very similar to celebration to to the tragedy that happened on the team with two young people losing their lives. But you're a celebrity. You've lived your life in the public, and you've been around a lot of people that have had to grieve publicly. And that's what that's the spot that George is in. How do you even do that? Because even privately, it's so hard. But when you're in the public spotlight, handling that, I, I'm not asking you to you know, consult the team or whatever, but I'm just, I'm trying to get in the mindset of what it's like to have that public eye on you and have to go through something like that. Yeah. You know who, who I feel terrible for right now is Cedric Van Pran, you know, to, to be there. I mean, he was in the car following and to, and to sit there with his, with his friend and as his friend passed away. And then you have to make a decision that day. Am I staying? Am I leaving? And you don't even have, and that's the problem of that public eye is, you know, people want immediate answers, which is not the way human beings work in in that type of situation. And, you know, especially after going through that day, it's, and, and, and I will say this, people, like growing up in hateful Georgia, nothing in my life prepared me to have any level of fame do you know what I mean I mean it's like you you can't imagine and then when it happens it's a little bit of a weird thing because I feel like I'm a normal guy but if I get out to go into a restaurant I know when I walk in everybody's going to be looking at me um I I often equated I said well this is how people in wheelchairs must feel you know when you walk in the door all the heads are going to turn and then are, they're going to pretend like they're not looking at you and 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 you think about these football players I mean you know for me I didn't 
have any kind of notoriety till I was in my thirties. They're 19 years old. They're 18 years old. You know, they're just kids. And, you know, you go through a parade where people are cheering for you in a stadium full of people. And you can just tell for some of them, it's awkward. It's like, you know, what do you do with that? Um, and so you understand, you know, the guys just wanting to hang out with each other, with their friends and their trusted group and going to the Waffle House at two in the morning. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I look back at myself when I was 18 and 19 years old. I, 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 I look back and go, except for the grace of God, I should be dead. there Because there were nights I was driving 100 miles an hour. You know, th th there was nights I, I was doing things I never should have done. And so it's not because you're a bad person. It's not because you're stupid. It's because you're 18 and 19 years old and, and, and you're bulletproof. And, and so I think for all of us, we've all done those things. Maybe we just got lucky and escaped them. And so, you know, it's, it's just such a, it's just such an unfortunate tragedy, especially for, for people so young, you know, that had their, their whole lives ahead of them. And, and it hurts different, like for me personally, now that I have a teenager who's driving, like I just, I, and I tell him like, look, we're texting, we're telling you to text us when you get, get there because of things that just happened and it just hurts. And you know, yeah. and all that, I think with, for, with the Hamlin, the Mar Hamlin thing happening. And then obviously this, like that sign right there that we see and people put it on Twitter and things like that. Faith, family football. Like it seems like that has come become a, it's real that, you know, prayers for Damar Hamlin prayers for oh. these families. And that this football is one big family that we are sort of in this together and the faith behind that. And, and I got to tell you, it's very touching is, is, how loud is the guy blowing the porch here? Is that is that <laughs> terrible? Do you want me to go tell him to stop, or can you hear it? No, I mean, we can go through it. I'm glad you acknowledged what it was, because we were kind of wondering what's happening at the Foxworthy house. And, and of course, the, the guy hadn't showed up in two weeks and let me get on the air with you, and here he comes. All good. Uh, you know, Brent, to your point, I it's, it's serious it, – as we take our football, like with the Hamlin thing, I mean, man, I was on my knees praying for that guy, you know, and I, I, I didn't even know who he was before that. And then, you know, this thing happens at UGA and I was actually down at my farm on Monday or Tuesday and, and I was driving back and I turned Feinbaum on. And people are calling from Mississippi State and they're calling from Tennessee and they're calling from Kentucky, just talking about praying for this family, you know. And I thought, isn't this cool that we lay down the things that we taunt each other with and 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 argue with each other with through the entire fall in this moment? Because you, you know, most of us know what grief feels like we know what loss feels like and it's bigger than football and it should be bigger than football that's a very nice sentiment but i'm also going to pick on you jeff because i'm a little upset with you because uh you you went on another podcast uh i guess nine ten days ago and i 
I was seeing on there the headline they chose, and I'm not blaming you for this piece because you didn't market this, but it, it's titled Comedian Jeff Foxworthy Uncensored Georgia Fandom. And so I've wondered, have we been getting the censored Jeff Foxworthy the whole time? And so South Georgia and me, I'm from Dublin, Georgia. I have a bone to pick with you, my friend. Okay, look, you guys were the first people to ever put me on the air talking about Georgia football. You guys are my first love. Nobody ever replaces your first love, okay? Um, You know, if another girl, if I'm out, comes up and wants to flirt, I mean, there's nothing – it's harmless, okay, because you are my first love. Um, And – when, when Brent texted me and said, hey, you want to come on the show? What did I, I wrote back, sure, anytime. What, and he said, what's good for you? I said, what's good for you? I mean, you, you, D- Dane, I want you, jealousy's not pretty on you, okay? Red looks good on you, green does not. Um, so be, be confident in where you stand with me. I'm confident. I just want to make sure that we're not getting a filtered Jeff Fox. No, no. Because I, I feel like we're well beyond that, my friend. We've been dating for a long time. We right. have been dating for a long time. And and here's the other deal. They don't talk to me about see, they only they only know the surface, Jeff. You know the you know the guy that's laying in bed at one o'clock reading the the recruiting boards are trolling the Florida boards, you know, because they've just lost their quarterback again. God, that breaks my heart. Uh, so you you know me at a level they they can't even pretend to know me at. Uh, take it, we'll take it all day every day. Mm-hmm. I have a theory for you though, because like the Alabama teams that would stumble and not be able to get their perfect season. It was typically like an old miss that they would stumble yeah. against. And it was like a flash in the pan game. And I look in the sec East and I'm like, where is that team that can do that to Georgia? And I th- actually think it's probably what South Carolina did to Tennessee. Like if that game comes up against Georgia, sure. Maybe it's more competitive. I don't think Georgia gets in that spot with South Carolina just based on line of scrimmage stuff that we've talked about. So I look down the SEC East and I'm like, yeah, I guess Tennessee's come on the come up, but who else is doing this? You know, you, you, you have to wonder about Kentucky. You know, I have a lot of respect for Stoops. I think Stoops is a really good coach. Uh, And and they've got a good quarterback coming in, but I, you know, I don't think it's Florida. I don't think it's, and and to your point, Dane, you know, because even Georgia has evolved. And I know, you know, two or three years ago, we would have been sitting here going, crap, is is Kirby just mired down in the, in the you know, we're just going to run it down your throat. And is he mired down in an old style offense? And, and he wasn't, you know, Kirby, I, I think Kirby has become, Kirby has evolved as a head coach you know, from, from where he started out, the mistakes he made early, like fake punts with Justin Fields or whatever. He's not making those mistakes. Now that timeout on the fake punt against Ohio state was one of the biggest plays of the year. Uh, Cause if they get that first down, we, we probably don't win that game. Um, so Kirby, 
has evolved as a coach, but you know, I didn't, I didn't, as a Georgia fan, I didn't ever think days I'd see us just bombing it down the field. Like we do, you know, through the air, but see, I think Saban went too far the other way. I think Saban got away from having that two or three running back backfield that, that, Hey, if, if you want to take away the pass, then we'll just run it down your throat. And I think, I think Georgia has more options. I think Georgia just lets you decide what you want to take away and they, and they take the other thing and, and they're going to beat you with it. But as wide open as college football has become, it's still about the line of scrimmage. And I, and I don't think most people acknowledge that that's, it's still about the line of scrimmage. And I think, Kirby 100% gets that. Uh, that I agree. I, I think you're right about the evolution. And then also with that, the next step is having the trigger man. So speaking of the trigger man, thoughts on Stetson Bennett and his you know, story and now legacy as, you know, obviously one of the all-time greats uh, at this university. I mean, it's undeniable. Stets one of those guys and sports has always had these guys. Stet plays to the moment, you know. And I think Stet, the 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 Stet that we knew and love and trusted this year was not the same Stet that was three years ago, you know, playing Alabama and throwing two or three picks. I think. Stett just kept grinding. He, he He's a grinder, but I think Stett's also one of those guys. Stett doesn't know what to do with applause or worship. Stett's more motivated by being the underdog, by being me against the world. I think that's, in his psyche, that's what, what drives him. And you'll see that when he has glory moments. I mean, you go back to to the 21 celebration after the game, he get, he becomes awkward. He doesn't know what to do with glory moments. He likes, he thrives on the big moment, the intensity, the backup against the wall. And, and there's, a, you know, Jordan was kind of an athlete like that. If Jordan didn't have adversity, he created adversity. He would make up things that some guy said about him so he could go out and, you know, score 52 on him. I mean, that, that's the way he was motivated. I think Stet's very much the same way. I didn't realize how much of a Michael Jordan fan Kirby Smart is because he's referenced him a lot in news conferences in the last few weeks. And so that seems – I mean, obviously, for where he grew up, Jordan is the guy. So I understand. But I yeah. just didn't realize that that was kind of the athletic motivating factor. Well, and and you think about they're, they're kind of in the same boat because with Jordan, you're winning championships – and then you win another one. And then what motivates you in that third year? Why, how do you keep that motivation, you know, to in March be running stadium steps in the dark because you want to get back there and do it again. And, and I think that's the challenge Jordan had. I think that's the challenge Kirby has, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday and, you know, to go along with like the, the tragedy of, of, Will is in, and as you get older, this sinks in more. Is I think part of the message this year is you're never going to get 
today back again. God gives you this day and what do you do with it? And once it's gone, you never get it back again. So as you get older, you realize time is a precious thing. You know, you can't just waste days. And I think that if I was in Kirby's shoes, that would be part of my message this year is, look, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. So, you, you know, you've got today. What are you going to do with today? What are you going to do with it? And, you know, now that the challenge becomes, can you do something? I don't think it's ever been done. Has anybody ever three-beated? So it's now the challenge is, can you do something that's never been done? And it's never been done for a reason, because it's very difficult to commit to what it requires to win it all, uh, especially when you're at the top of the mountain. I think climbing the mountain is harder than staying at the top of the mountain, to be honest. Well, Jeff, it's always a delight when we get to hang out with you, and we really appreciate your friendship. We appreciate you being a member of the dog vent longer than we've been around on it, from my understanding. Uh, But it's just really cool that we get to do this, and uh, we may send you a text sometime in the summer and say, hey, you want to come on and talk about these guys on the 2023 roster and let you break it down for us? Well, yeah, yeah, I I would love to, because I'm I'm really excited about this 23 class. I think I think this 23 class is one of the best classes. I mean, if, if you look across the board, but line. Who's your back, guy? Who's Jeff's guy this in this class? I, I, early, I think Raylan Wilson. I think Raylan Wilson is, is going to be a stud. I I really really do. I yeah, and I want some of these edge guys. You go, we, golly, we need edge guys to step up. And yeah, you know, I'm going to miss Nolan so much. You talk about a uh, a damn good dog, Nolan Smith. I love that kid. I hope Nolan Smith replaces Kirby as head coach of Georgia. Uh, I think Nolan Smith would be an awesome coach. He's just he's just got a motor and a fire and a he loves the University of Georgia, but, uh, you know, and, and maybe we can. So so what do you think about um, I'm going to ask you one question before we leave. Yeah. The the quarterback for the 24 class, because and, and I've gone back and watched a lot on Puglisi. And I actually love the fact that he said, is it Rayola? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah. Said, if they got Rayola, he said he's still committing to Georgia. So I love a guy that's not scared like that. That's, you know, got a little bit of stat to me. Um, I love Gunnar Stockton because he, he took off the black jersey. Uh, I'm like, this is awesome. What a, what a kid. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you this about Rayola. And I was talking with someone who knows quarterbacks almost as well as anyone that I've ever met. Uh, not Coach Donnan. So I hope people don't associate with that because I do coach Donnan didn't have this take this is someone else I talked to said that Rayola is probably the best prospect at a high school since Trevor Lawrence that that kind of special wow yeah and he's got the size you know so I mean exciting things ahead take them both, take them both. Yeah. yeah take them both that's what I say take them both. figure it out yeah we want them all you want to see the next one you've seen one now you want to see the next one so yeah <laughs> Houston, here right. domination comes. And, and, and yeah. thanks, thanks for what you guys do. Because for us people that have the disease, 
you know, to, to pull up film don't lie and like y'all did against Ohio State and there's three 30-minute videos. And, man, that's a commitment of time on y'all's part. And but but man, I learned so much from that. Um, you guys are are way way out of my league football wise. But but just thank you for the for the time and the effort you put into this because it means a lot to people. Well, it'll delight you to know that tonight we'll be recording film don't lie yes. from the national championship game, so you'll have something to watch tomorrow. Will that be one of the easiest ones you've ever done? A lot of highlights. <laughs> a lot of highlights. <laughs> like showing how Lad doesn't have anybody within 30 yards of him looking over his shoulder for the ball to come down. I mean, I didn't need more reasons to rave about Lad McConkey, but of course, for like two years on this stuff, I've just been talking about how much I love Lad McConkey. Even before I ever saw him, just the fact that his name is Lad McConkey and that his dad, I know it's Benji is his dad's name, but I call him Dad McConkey. And like what he did in that title game playing injured and what he's done the last few weeks, just special. Lad, special, special. Lad is one of my favorite all time dogs. I just, I love the heart of that kid. And, and if you'll ever watch, even when he's not involved with the play, he is busting tail to go block somebody downfield. I mean, love that kid. Just And you I'm get to so see him again happy. next year. I'm so happy that he decided to come back. Well, we're happy you decided to come back and chat with us. We're going to do it again soon. We really do appreciate your friendship, Jeff. And uh, you had us to your show last time we chatted. Um, I'm not asking for any more favors on this time, but I'm just saying <laughs> thanks it, for that again. Is no, there anything coming up hey, you want hey, to I'm plug just happy, I'm happy you didn't throw tomatoes or heads of lettuce or anything. So thanks for well, that. Is there anything coming up you want to plug while you're here? Uh, no, I've got uh, I've, I've just got version two of Relative Insanity is out. It's... Um, it's called Second Generation because that was the game I invented. That all, all trying to make somebody laugh. If somebody throws down a setup and everybody throws down a punchline, and the one that gets the biggest laugh wins. So it's relative sanity. Second Generation, uh, it's out now. So, um, awesome. but that's Check it. That continuing to do stand up and continuing to uh, to be a to be a Georgia fan. So thanks for having me. Appreciate it. See, yeah, now always. you've got my brain turning as a, t a content creator. I want to get relative insanity. It's what it's called. Yes. Uh, yeah. To get you at a table with some other like Georgia people and have y'all play it together. Yeah. Okay. No, don't buy one. I'll send, I'll send you one. So <laughs> hey, the, no, 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 but we hey, need look, to make look, that happen. Look. So you can be involved in it. No, but Dane, I'm not sending the people on the other podcast one for free. I'm sending <laughs> you guys you. one for free. Is, it's, I know where your heart is. Okay. Right. Your eyes may linger, but I know where your heart is. <laughs> uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for all you do. Thanks so much, Jake. Thanks, buddy. Mm.